the parking lot. Yeah. But I'll be walking in Nippert. Yeah. six rushing yards. Walking in Nippert. 49 to 10. Yeah, I do feel the way you feel, Marcone. The ghosts of Elvis were uh, abound. Because that's what uh, Memphis's running back, running backs were seen at the line of scrimmage potentially on Saturday, Zach. Six rushing yards is what the Cincinnati Bearcats, now ranked number six in the country, held the reigning AAC champions to on Saturday's performance. 49-10. Zach, you called it redemption. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Welcome to today's edition of Sports Any Way You Want It, although we did not play... Our usual theme song, that's because Saturday was a walk-in and nipper kind of afternoon. The Bearcats, number seven at the time, defeating the Memphis Tigers 49-10 to for all of those watching on ESPN to see. We were there. Seven touchdowns for Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter connecting on three touchdown passes. Two rushing touchdowns. Jerome Ford had a nice day in the fourth quarter, accumulated to 116 yards. Cincinnati now 5-0, 3-0 in the American. Number six in the country, halfway to an undefeated regular season. That was redemption at an all-time high. Well, first of all, Alex, that was a wonderful performance there. You, uh, <laughs> I'm not, you, I'm not the best off. singer, by the oh, way. I need some practice. Yeah, shedding a tear. Uh, no, oh, no, was, no, you didn't. That was, Stop that it. Was, uh, no, that was really the performance on, uh, like Alex's performance, the performance by the Bearcats on Saturday was incredible. I mean, uh, to dominate the way they did, um, Defensively, I, I keep saying it, it's hard. You, you, you trust Marcus Freeman. I'm not betting against that guy. You know, you've gotten to that point where he is getting the benefit of the doubt. Even if you go into a game feeling a little shaky, Memphis, good team. You know, they've, they've had UC's number in the past. But this year, I'm given one of the best defensive coordinators, if not the best defensive coordinator in the country, the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't matter the offense. Doesn't matter the quarterback. Doesn't matter who they're going up against. I'm taking. It's hard to bet against Marcus Freeman right now. This guy's on a roll. And when you get guys like Myjay Sanders, who's just dominating at the line of scrimmage, and Elijah Ponder and Brooks, and then you got the boys. You know the boys in the secondary uh, with Sauce and and Kobe and. I mean, we say it every week. It's just like we can go on and on. The defense has been spectacular. Um, I mean, they, they, the, the dominant, I mean, Luke Fickle can even, it's to the point where he can start trolling Marcus Freeman about, well, you gave up those positive, you gave up positive, positive <laughs> rushing yards. You get, you, you lost your negative rushing yards, but it was, no, it was a clinic. I mean, they put on a defensive clinic. Uh, I mean, the one play, they had one bad play. It was a 92-yard touchdown early in that game, in the second or end of the first quarter. And that could have been a play that got Memphis going a little bit. But I other, kind of fear that. Other than that, there was a whole lot of nothing really for Memphis on on defense, and I think when you take a look at the offensive side, Ritter was steady. I mean, he just he played, uh, he t except for the one pick, took care of the ball, uh, made good reads, um, 
and they, they were balanced again with the rushing i think that's something he is they're starting to really incorporate him back into to getting some you know designed runs for him or even he's getting better when the play breaks down hey i'm going to try and i'm going to talk it and run because that's what he's good at that's what he can do i think wiley's making strides and taking steps and and um, you know, Alec Pierce, who got injured, made a heck of a, t- I mean, a heck of a grab. Um, hopefully, we don't, I, I know he was in a sling. I don't know. Uh, Luke Fickle didn't have an update today. They're going to um, see how they all do tomorrow in practice. That's, yeah, he's that's a, both him, Arquan Bush, and Bruno LaBelle. So, yeah, those, you know, lost a couple guys to injury in that game. But, I mean, other than that, not enough good things to say um, against a team that, was a top 25 caliber team so look Alex it feels I've joked I've I've uh, I'm uh, I'm trying to be at the forefront of hashtag feels like 09 and I think it's starting to feel like 09 I think it's really starting yeah. to feel like 09 this is a team that is rolling right now and I mean, hopefully they'll continue <laughs> that no I I mean I I still I mean I think that but I don't want to say it because feels like 09 Alex what if? Because, I mean, you, you just really do never know. I mean, yeah, they look, the Bearcats have looked incredible the last two weeks. I mean, you think, about, you think about where this program was two weeks ago. You're getting ready to play SMU, and you have all these questions surrounding Desmond Ritter, and can the offense you know, compete in a shootout? Can uh, the defense live up to its... It's billing and limit these high-octane offenses, contain them. And all they've done the last two weeks is outscore SMU and Memphis 91-23. to That's about, as, impre- that's a, as, about as impressive as it can get. And um, we, we, we can talk about, sorry about that, we can talk about the defense being as good as they are, but the thing that's mostly impressed me the last two weeks has been the offense. Yeah. Hey, Desmond Ritter... Back-to-back weeks of being named the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. You're seeing him, I I thought last week was one of his best performances as a passer Mm -hmm. in his Bearcats career. 271 yards on 21 of 26. Three touchdown passes. And the one interception, yeah, it wasn't great, but I'm not. Yeah, it wasn't. I'm not going to blame him too much for that. Um, You're up 25. I like the idea of taking a shot down the field there. It's the start of the fourth quarter. But outside of that, I mean, he was extremely accurate his deep ball was working he hit jay sean jackson for 45 yards alec pierce for 43 yards on the touchdown in the first quarter so you like what you see from you like what you have been seeing from ritter the previous two weeks and oh by the way um he can still run the football too he's been running the football very well the last two weeks on saturday he had 10 carries for 41 yards and two touchdowns now that's not an eight for 179 but it's still very effective Especially when he when he when he can be used as a red zone threat. You know the Bearcats. Every time they've been in the red zone this season, you feel like they are going to score a touchdown. Cincinnati this season has twenty eight touchdowns to one field goal. Say that again: twenty eight touchdowns to one field goal. They've only attempted two field goals all season. This team. When they get in the red zone, they will punch it in. I think they, have, they, they were stopped on fourth and goal against Army. That's fine. But outside of that, they have been as efficient as they come in the country in the mm-hmm. red zone. And that's a critical quality to have 
when you get into games like SMU and Memphis, although they've been blowouts, you still need to cash in in the red zone because those teams will score touchdowns. Um, but going back to the defense, I mean, it, it, it's it's truly just unbelievable just how good they are defensively. And what makes them so great is up front, they will stop the opposing team's running game. And then the secondary is dangerous, so you can't throw the ball effectively against them. And it's like, what can you do? I mean, it's like you're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens because right. they're so good at getting in the backfield and stopping the running, getting to the opposing quarterback. I mean, that's what it was against SMU when you saw Joe DeBlanco and Jarrell White getting after Shane Bouchelle. And here's the thing. Jarrell White didn't have the greatest game statistically, I don't think, on Saturday. Um, five tackles, that's below his 11 tackles per game average, but he still was in the backfield making plays with those five ta- Actually, he didn't have a tackle for loss, excuse me, but still, five tackles in the game, two and a half tackles for loss from IJ Sanders, a sack and a half, six total tackles, AAC Defensive Player of the Week. Right. Two tackles for loss by Jabari Taylor. I mean, it was everybody stepping up. By the way, Memphis only had five rushing yards on 29 carries. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad for the Bearcats. <laughs> Defense. Not great for Memphis, if that's what you... Brady White, 18 of 35, 316 and a touchdown. But if you take away the 92-yard touchdown away, his, his numbers aren't very good. And this is a Memphis offense coming in that was averaging 540 yards a game. And they only, and they only accrue 321 yards in this game. I don't think you understand how sick. I don't think you understand how incredible that is. Now, 321 is still a high number, but when you think about a college football offense like Memphis and SMU, who run the spread or air raid offense, and they can accrue yardage with the snap of a finger every single time they touch the ball, it's remarkable what Marcus Freeman and that defense has been able to do, or have been able to do. And you think about this was the only game where. Memphis was the only team that Luke Fickle has not beaten in his tenure as Bearcats head coach in the American Athletic Conference. And you lose both those games to them last year. And they all the coaching staff, Zach, always devotes extra time in the offseason to one opponent. And you know who they devoted time to this offseason? Memphis. Because of how the season ended. They worked so hard and they came up this short twice against the same team. They made sure that there was nothing left to hide nothing was left on the field on saturday i mean even in the end you, you could you could have taken a knee oh no they didn't take a knee jerome ford shot out of a cannon like a mustang 49 yard touchdown run whatever however many yards it was they simply did not let up until the final until the clock hit triple zeros in the fourth quarter yeah and i think the like you said i think it was I just think they were prepared. You know, they came prepared. The preparation, I think, they, we we talked about how, uh, you know, you talked about Marcus Freeman and they, they spent time on them. And I think he does that every week. I mean, he maybe over, even over-prepares like every single week. I think it was good to see a little something different from the offense too. Mike Denbrock seemed to notice, okay, this is a bad pass defense this is a team that's been bad against the pass so he came out and they threw you know I believe like 10 straight times they didn't have a run play like Dokes didn't have a touch until you know like 10 minutes in so they had a a game plan that worked I mean they were they were, they were you know they were fine it was you know intermediate 
kind of throws and they were open. You know, they were getting guys open. I think that was a, a nice job by Denbrock calling the, you know, calling for that. Like, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to exploit this, that this weakness that Memphis has and has had. Um, so I, I give credit to Denbrock too, because I thought he, his offensive game plan to start getting UC on the right, you know, getting them on the right foot to start was important. And that was, that kind of sprung them and I think helped through, through the rest of the game. Now, I was a little surprised to see them come out airing the ball out, but I noted on the broadcast that they were beating Memphis Cincinnati was at their own game. Uh, Memphis is a team that likes to chuck the ball around. Right. And the Bearcats come out and said, all right, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to hit our short intermediate routes and then we're going to go, we're gonna go uh, vertical down the field. And that's just what they did on that first possession. And it kept working. And what that did was because, you know, the Memphis' defense was forced to play further back on their heels. What they were able to do, Cincinnati then, was run the football. And they still rushed for 242 yards. Dokes had 77. Ritter had 41. Ford had 116 on just nine carries. You're seeing, you know, they talk about the run opening up the pass. Well, I think vice versa works just as effectively. The pass, because you force defenses to you know play more of the field and they're going to play further back particularly in the secondary that puts a huge onus on the defensive line to stop the run and if you're an offensive line which Cincinnati's offensive line is significantly better than it was last year they're going to find a way to win that battle up front in the trenches and that's going to pave the way for rushing yards to be accrued and that's just what happened on Saturday yeah I think we talked about it was good to get Jerome Ford. It was good to get Jerome Ford involved, and, and Dokes uh, has been just steady. Um, yeah, look, I mean, the, whatever this offense, I mean, this offense, I don't think they have to set the world on fire right now. You know, just ball control. Control the clock. Um, control the ball. They've been doing a much better job of that. Um, I mean, how about the O-line, like we talked about, like, Renfro getting the start again, O'Quinn getting the start again. I mean, these are freshmen. These are, are redshirt freshmen. I mean, they, these guys deserve a heck of a lot of credit um, because I feel like the offensive line was something that maybe was a slight concern coming into the year. I'm not really sure. You know, James Hudson's really good, but I'm not sure anybody else we thought was great. Darius Harper's been steady, I guess. Uh, but... They've done a great job. I got to credit them. They've done a really, a really great job. Um, I mean, that's an important piece. I feel like it's something that um, they lost there in the in the uh, Tuberville era, and then they've 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 started to change how the room looks again. I mean, they've just got some beasts uh, in that room. James Hudson's like incredible. He's like one of the best. I think James Hudson's like one of the best tackles in the country. To be honest with you, I mean, he's been that good. Um, protecting Ritter so uh it's been uh, gosh it's been a heck of a ride and Alex see you got the fever right now you're looking well, feels I like I, I, I wanted to see because you're bringing you're comparing this season to 2009 you look at the margin of victories in 2009 you go to Rutgers you win that game 47 to 15 you win at Oregon State 28 to 18 you win against Fresno State 28 20 um other games in the Big East, you go to USF, win 34-17. Tony Pike gets knocked out, injured in that game. Zach Calaris comes in, saves the afternoon. You beat Louisville 41-10. You go to Syracuse, win 28-7. You hang on, survive against UConn 
You win against West Virginia, 24-21. Illinois, 49-36. Pitt, 45-44. So the margin of victories in 2009 weren't nearly as great as they were uh, as they have been this year. So far this season, you're, you talk about 28-7 over USF, 42-13 over SMU, and then 49-10 over Memphis. And you still have five games to play in the American. You go to UCF, you go to Temple, you go to Tulsa, and then you go to, um, and then you host Houston and East Carolina. So the competition may not be as great as it was back in 2009, but again, you're seeing that when you face the big name opponents, and that's it's not just SMU and Memphis. Army, you take care of business there, you win 24-10. Now that was that wasn't nearly as impressive as the wins the last two weeks have been. But again, this team is still winning and they're dominating these teams. And in order for the, for a team like Cincinnati or any other team from the American or Group of Five Conference to make the college football playoff, they not only have to win these marquee matchups, but they have to do so in a dominating fashion. Because the committee favors these Power Five schools so much, the, power, the college football playoff was catered to the Power Five conferences. The Group of Five conferences get what's left over, and it's not anything related to the college football playoff. Yeah, they might go to a New Year's Six Bowl. That's all fine and dandy, but the college football playoff is where you want to be. And the fact that there's national buzz, the fact that Luke Fickle's now hearing questions from members of the media here in Cincinnati every single week about that, it is real. The buzz is starting to become real. I still am a little bit, I'm still a little bit questionable about the Bearcats' chances. I think they, I think they have a shot, no doubt, and I do think they are worthy of consideration for a spot in the college football playoff. But my concern is the SEC could could take two teams, or the college football playoff could take two teams from the SEC. The winner of the ACC is going, SEC is going. The winner of the Big Ten. Even if it's not Ohio State, I still would venture to guess would go. Um, well, yeah, I, I think, look, Ohio, Ohio State's probably going undefeated. And then they'll probably, you know, get in, obviously. And uh, Clemson, this is obviously a big game for them this week. But on, honestly, I'd venture to say the ACC champ, whoever it is. If it's, it's look, it's probably going to be Notre Dame, Clemson, right? The winner of that in the championship game is what I'm saying. Like, and if... If well, the problem is they can split. Like, right. like Clem Notre Dame right. could win Saturday, but then Clemson could win the ACC championship. Yeah, and then who knows what happens in that one in that scenario? Um, yeah, I still think it's a long shot because I mean they still got we still got to run the table, and I don't think running the table is out of the question. I mean, you got UCF. I think it's going to be a tough game, uh, but I think the other games are all going to be. You're all you, you should take care of business. I must say. I know Tulsa's played well, but I mean they they, I mean ECU beat them and they, they stole the game from them. So it's just it's still. I wouldn't be concerned about Temple and Tulsa. About that concern, Temple you got to be concerned about just because I feel like every time we'll play Temple it'll be a dogfight. Uh, but I think UC's way better than Temple this year. Um, but. No, it's 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 probably still a long shot. I mean, look, let's be honest. We've never seen this before, and I know it's 2020, and anything can happen. It wouldn't be a shocker, I guess, but it's a long shot. I mean, I, the good news for them, I guess, is that the SEC, it's like Georgia would have to beat Alabama, you know, in the SEC championship game for us to run into troubles there, and I don't know if that'll happen. I don't, 
think the odds of that are great. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we're still a ways away. The UC's got to take care of business. Um, we'll see where we land. I, I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's the fun. It's the fun that there is considered. That there th is. That There's there a is. buzz. Right yeah. Now. It's fun. It, it really is. Because, like, for me, you know, why I've never been a big Bearcats football fan prior to coming here to UC is because I, my perception has been they will never have a shot at winning the national championship. Exactly. That's why at Bearcat, I love Bearcats basketball. They're my second favorite team in Cincinnati behind the Bengals. Right. But now it's like, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're a part of this. I mean, how much fun did you have calling that game on Saturday? Saturday was great. I mean, it was a great – it was just a lot of fun. I mean, UC playing that well against a really good team. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Saturday was great. Great win. It was a it was a fun afternoon to say the least. Um, so forty nine ten Bearcats get it done on Saturday. They will face Houston this Saturday three thirty p.m. and the game will be on ABC. How about that big bombshell coming out? Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, even more, even more of an opportunity for exposure. Yeah. So take advantage of it. Yeah, Sean McDonough, Todd Blackledge, uh, Todd McShay, and Molly McGrath will all be here. Uh, calling the game, and they will be on site because they are not one of those broadcast teams that will commentate remotely. They go oh, yeah. to the site. So that'll be um, fun happening up in the uh, broadcast booth. Um, yours truly, Sean McMahon, and I believe Julius Freeman is slated to call the game on Saturday. Zach, okay. you and I have the ECU game next week, and you will be happy to know that I believe it's supposed to be in the 50s that night. Okay, great. So, that is, it's great news. So, so, no, so no 25-degree weather that no, night. No, we won't have to freeze our tails off in 10-degree weather in mid-November. I wanted that, though. You what? You I, want, I wanted that, actually. I wanted, you I want 10-degree weather? I wanted that challenge. Oh, I would have done it. I would have froze your I would have gotten, tail off. I would have had unlimited hot chocolate, maybe, or coffee. Okay. Or, uh, maybe well, that makes one of us, because I'm not, I'm not trying to well, become a... Live a little bit. You know, and uh, it's going to be colder than heck out there. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'd do it. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think those sideline reporters do when they... You know what, Alex? They bundle up a little bit. You can do the same thing. I mean, what, what do you think... Um, yeah, but they're not calling what do, you, what, what, do you, what do you think Garen Anderson and Chris Myers did last year when they were in Green Bay for that playoff game? They just bundled up. But, they, but no offense to them, but, like, they don't have to... I mean, they don't have to, like, call every play, you know. Play by play. Yeah, They're just kind of down there, you know, beginning of the halves and yeah. quarters or something. All right, so. that was that was a little bit of bad radio, but uh, that's okay. Um, no. Let's move on to this week in college football. This week in college football. There are uh, – it is, um, from what I remember, a much better schedule than last week, which, by the way um, – Not great. Michigan had no business losing to Michigan State. It's a bad loss. Look, at the end of the – like, it's got to start – like – no, I'm not trying to turn this into like a Jim Harbaugh slander podcast. He's an but, overrated coach. But he's not, I mean, they can't get over the hump. You know, they can't win the game. Like, well, first of all, he can't beat Ohio State, which is whatever. I mean, Ohio State's great. But even then, it's like Michigan, it's, it's just they're not, he's not elevating them to what I think they could be. You know, yeah, but they lost. They've lost to Michigan State now. It's a bad loss. What? Um, Mel Tucker is in a disaster situation. That's a bad loss by Michigan. Yeah. 
And if you're a Mel Tucker in Michigan State, you got to be feeling really good about yourselves. Yeah, it's a good bounce back after they lost to Rutgers. Yeah. So. All right, so college football coming up uh, this week. The uh, uh, There's some action tomorrow night. There is some action. Yeah. ESPN2 oh. Wednesday, tomorrow night, Buffalo and Northern Illinois from Husky Stadium into DeKalb, Illinois. Um, OU in Central Michigan on ESPN from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Uh, CBSSN's got a game, Ball State in Miami, and then ESPNU, Bowling Green, and Toledo. So, uh, if, you, uh, so if, if, if you need some action tomorrow night, uh, literally tune in to watch the Mac. I loathe Mac football. It's Why? hard to watch. It's usually there's some, like, it's like some just nonsense going on, like, you got like a fake punt that's like bobbled, and then the guy like gets drilled or something. Like, Maction is tough football. Sure, it's a good it's a good uh, break, I guess, in, on a Wednesday night. But I especially the, especially the night after oh, an, an election like this one, I I might tune in. I might tune in just if, because there's nothing on. You well, know, Sean and I do host our inside the two seventy five loop show on Wednesdays, which that'll be fun tomorrow. I mean, it might be. I might put it on just because. Okay, there's if there's nothing else on, but like, oh, Alex. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, okay. On that note, uh, Thursday, FS1 at seven o'clock, Utah State and Nevada. If okay. you're interested there, let's go to Friday, ESPN, seven thirty. Good matchup in the ACC: Miami, Florida, ranked number eleven at NC State. Okay. Four That's and two. Interesting game. Important game there. Miami is still trying to keep alive its hopes of making the ACC championship game. I forgot uh, about Miami. They could, I guess they're still, they're not out of it. They just got Bo Grace McClemson, who's the best team in college football still. Um, 9.45 on FS1. Actually, I, I might take that back. Alabama might be the best team in the country now. But that only is because Trevor Lawrence is out with COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, FS1 and 9.45, number nine, BYU at number 21, Boise State. Uh, BYU has played a soft schedule, but finally they get a challenge. So beat we'll Boise State, goes. and I'll start to consider them legitimate. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, this would be a big, this is a huge game, obviously. BYU, for the record, they have played so far this season. They won at Navy fifty-five-three. They've played Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA at Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky. I'm out. Yeah, it's not great. Now their margin of victories, in case you're wondering. Uh, 55-3, 48-7, 45-14, 27-20, 43-26, 51-21, 52-21, 10. Overall, pretty well. Oh, pretty yeah, good. that's good. They had that one scare, though, but other than that, yeah, they were fine. All right, so, of course, Saturday, uh, Houston-Cincinnati on ESPN at 3.30. I'll say right now, Zach, Bearcats 38, Houston 14. I would say 34-17. All right. I like Cincinnati to win. Respectable. Yeah. Of course, the biggest game of the week, college game day will be in South Bend, Indiana, 7.30 on NBC. Number one Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. He will be on the sideline, but he will not be able to play because he will not have completed his COVID-19 protocols prior to game time. Number one, Clemson, 7-0. Number four, Notre Dame, 6-0. How does that work? So he is allowed to be on the sideline, did you say? I, I don't understand. I've never understood the whole COVID-19 pandemic situation. Sense. It's a serious virus, yes, but it's being handled very inconsistently. Either way, give Just me Clemson win. in the matchup. Okay. I, I think Clemson will win. Close game, 31-28. I have a feeling, too, Clemson might win. I don't know why. I think everyone's, like, freaked out about last week. I'm like, okay. Yuli Gali wasn't there. How do you say his name? I don't. I think it's Uia Galeli. Yeah, Uia Galeli. God, a bad five name. star recruit. I think he played well, right? No, 
Uh, given Clemson was down 18 to a very good Boston College team, I have to as say long my as captain. they avoid a disaster start like that. I don't know. I think Clemson's got still got a the pretty decent shot. The only thing that concerns shot. me, Notre Dame is Notre Dame is riding a very lengthy home winning streak. And, they have not uh, lost a home game since week two of 2017 against Georgia. I was there. Yeah, it, you were at that game. Oh yeah, you were at that game. I was at that game. Yeah. It, How was the atmosphere at that game? It was incredible. There were more Georgia fans though than you'd believe. I mean, it was like split. Really? They traveled up here? Oh, then again, it was still in September, so the weather... Really? It was crazy. But yeah, that was a great game. Um, But yeah, I still still think Clemson... I don't know. I I think they can still win that. I I think their quarterback play... Losing Trevor Lawrence obviously hurts them, but I don't think... Look, the other guy hasn't chopped liver, so... No. No. All right, moving on. Uh, CBS at 11.30, Air Force and Army. Always oh, a respectable matchup when you get oh, the... Oh, 11.30 a.m. Yeah, 11.30 a.m. When you get the service academies, it's at Mickey Stadium in West Point. I'll take Army in that matchup. I would, too. Noon on FS1, number 23, Michigan, and number 13, Indiana. That is a really important game for Michigan. If they fall to 1-2, and two, if they fall to 1-2, and two, not only are they potentially out of the Big Ten title race... Which they might already be. Yeah, there's Could some, Jim Harbaugh be put on the hot seat? I think he already should be. I think he's. I mean, he's done. It's, it's not that he's been bad. It's just like how much. How much longer are we going to keep? But he's a Michigan man. I know. He's the right man for the job. I'm just. And he still can't do it. A little tired of heart. So that game's at Indiana. It is. I think I take Michigan to win it. I think Michigan to minus three and a half. I will take Indiana in that game. Okay. I'll take although, Michigan. Although the last time I doubted Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, they won by twenty five. I think Michigan will get up for it. I don't know. It's like it's a tough bet, though. In the American and ESPN Plus, number sixteen, number eighteen, SMU at Temple. I'll take SMU in that matchup. I will take SMU as well. I Noon think. on Fox, Rise and Shine, nine o'clock kickoff time, Pacific time. Yeah, what is that about? I, I have no freaking idea. Why would that be at nine o'clock? I have no idea. Why are they making those poor kids get up at five a.m.? Exactly. Oh God! And that's not for practice. We're not talking about practice. That's we're ta- awful. We're talking about a game here. Number twenty USC against Arizona State. So our, our, our boy, our boy Marvin Lewis will be uh, on the sidelines as the defensive coordinator. Is he the D coordinator? He is. I, I, he's either the defensive coordinator. Or he's the co-defensive coordinator with longtime Giants linebacker Antonio Pierce. Jeez. I will take USC barely in that game. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Give Whoa. me Arizona State. Oh, you like Marvin. That's why you're doing no, it. No, I just can't trust USC. You're doing it for. Her. I can't trust USC with my life. You play to win the game. I would take USC. I think USC is pretty yeah, good. Whatever. ABC at noon prior to UC. Number 22, Texas will host West Virginia, a pair of four and two teams. Texas, are they back? Is Texas back if they win? I don't know. No. Give me. I'll take Texas at home. I will too, but I don't. I feel that. I Lions, say that with no confidence. And Sam here, line at six and a half. Uh, the debut of Liberty in the top twenty-five at six and zero. They'll take on Virginia Tech. Oh, currently sorry. four and two on the ACC network. Is that at Virginia Tech? It is at Virginia Tech. Yeah, I'll take Virginia. I'll Tech. take the Hoagies as well. ESPN Plus at noon. South Florida one and five at Memphis three and two. I'll take Memphis in that game. Yeah, I don't think that's close. ESPN plus at noon, Tulane at East Carolina. Interesting game there, but I'll go with the Green Wave. Uh, oh, that's man. A, that, 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 I, I, you know what? The fighting ECUs after they got robbed against Tulsa. Give me the, give me the Pirates. All right. Line is Tulane at minus five. Of course, East Carol- Of course, ECU comes to play UC on Friday the 13th. ECU wins Which is the day after. You, you, you do remember my birthday's next Thursday, right? 
Yeah, November. Well, that's 10th. good because I didn't because I'm so focused on the Bengals Steelers game. I put that on Twitter last yeah, night. Alex, priorities. If you think about it, think about it as your birthday though. Do you feel like you have to? You know, you have to um, because people are going to pay so much attention to you on your birthday that you feel like you have to be. You know, you make yourself available to everybody. Don't you feel like you have to do that? Yeah. And I hate, I hate doing that. That's why, like, my graduation weekend from high school, I felt like I had to do that, be attentive, because everybody wanted to talk to me and whatnot. And by by Monday, I was just flat out exhausted. You're a popular guy. Are, so you're saying, like, you are going to be exhausted on Friday? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't know. I work Thursday morning that week, so I'll sleep in until noon. Who knows what I'll do. Um, you and I have, our, have the show next Thursday, so... Uh, good Thursday night game next week. Colts Titans. Yeah, that's that I mean, that's, for, a great that's game. for the big. You know, that's a big game. This week's Thursday night football game, as we'll see here in a minute, is really good. Green Bay San Francisco. That's a if the 49ers lose that game, I'm they take, might be done. I'm taking the Packers. If you don't think I'm taking the Packers, I'm taking the Niners. Green Bay. What? Can't, Green Bay can't play against teams like the 49ers. The Niners. What? Green Bay lost to Minnesota. Is Cody Mullins playing quarterback for them? That actually would be better if Jimmy G did not play. I can't believe I'm saying. Yeah, that. but then we did that, and then they. I mean, Nick Mullins played about as bad as I've seen a guy play. On was that against the Eagles? Right. One game. I'm oh, not he was horrendous. He was horrendous. It was, okay, whatever. Got off topic there. It was on Ben DiNucci. Yeah, level yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, oh, oh, it was what. Ben DiNucci level bad. Okay. I was going to spell On that Sunday night. So, 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 okay. Uh, CBSSN at 12. Uh, this Saturday, Tulsa at Navy. Interesting game. Tulsa I'll, I'll take... Ooh. I'll go with Tulsa. I'll go with Tulsa. Tulsa's 10 and a half. Tulsa should have lost. Another loss. All right. Um, just going through some of the games here. Big Ten Network, Nebraska, Northwestern. Northwestern, they're going to win the game. They'll win. They're minus four. I'll take them. Because of Peyton Ramsey. ESPN. Okay. ESPN. See, this is what I get from working with two elder kids. Hey, actually, three elder give guys. Give the guy some credit. He's I, played great. Yes, I will give him credit. <laughs> ESPN. Such a GCL thing. Okay. Hey, yeah. You ES- see our quarterback, man? He's playing at Northwestern. You see that? ESPN <laughs> at noon. Michigan State and Iowa. Michigan State and Iowa. Iowa stinks, but Michigan State... Is it at Iowa? It is at Iowa. I'll take Iowa. I will take Iowa. That's a must-win game for them. Um, moving on down, uh, CBS at three thirty. Here we go. Number eight, Florida. Number five, Georgia. Twenty twenty. Maybe uh, it, it's been a different year than most years, but that game is, will still be played in Jacksonville. Uh, you want Florida to win if you're a Bearcats fan? I mean, at the end of the day, look. I just think Al- Alabama's just got to win the. Win the whole damn thing, right? The SEC. I don't think there's any team close to Alabama. If right. Alabama beats, beats as long Georgia, as Alabama wins, it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, if Alabama right? beat Georgia by 17, nobody's beating Alabama, and that's without Jalen Waddle. I think an Alabama, another Alabama Clemson game would be really close. If they played in the finals. I, I, I think Georgia wins the game, but I think it's close. I think Kyle Trask, I guess, is pretty cool, but I'm going to take Georgia. Yeah. <sighs> I can't trust Florida. Yeah. Give me Georgia. Um, ESPN two three thirty Kansas at number nineteen Oklahoma Oklahoma. Give me Oklahoma by fifty. Fade Kansas. That's all I guess. Yeah, they're not very good. Big Ten Network at three thirty Maryland and Penn State. Maryland coming off a mammoth win. 
I did not expect that at all. Penn State's 0 and 2. So I'll take Penn State though. They need they, they'll they'll get up for that game. I'll I'll take the Nittany Lions. They might win a game. Good for them. Big Ten Network also at 3:30. Minnesota, Illinois. Those two teams are in smelly. Champaign. I get Minnesota can't stop my nosebleed though, right? No, they've given up 49 and 45 <sighs> in back-to-back weeks. I mean, and that's a team last year who was uh, in contention for the college football playoff. Yeah, they're dead. I'll take Minnesota, I guess. I reluctant. I'm not making a pick on that game. I'm sorry. SEC <laughs> Network at 3.30. This game will stink. Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Neither. Remember when you said Mike Leach was a great head coach? What have they done since they beat LSU? They've Did lost four straight just games. Just give him a year. Shut up. I'm not giving him a year. He was great at Washington State. Great? Did they go to the Pac-12 championship Washington game Washington State was horrible for like ever, right? Yeah, and what did he get them to? Eight and five? whoop they do No, they won like 11 games mm. here, didn't they? What? No. 10 games? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sport reference they, that. They definitely won like a, 10 it. games one year. Mm, okay. What about Texas Tech? Remember that one year That's they had? Fine. That's fine. That was a Graham Harrell and one, Michael Crabtree. One year wonder, okay. I don't know. I think Mike Leach was a, is a one good coach. Wonder. I think he's he's had a bad year, but I'm last not, clown of college football. What is he gonna is he gonna get fired? Is that what you're saying? No, he's not gonna get fired. He plays yeah. in the SECs with Mississippi State, and LSU is not very good defensively. They got boat raced last week by Auburn. Remember, remember they beat LSU in Week One. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It's fun. Uh, FS1 at 3:30, Texas Tech and TCU. Continuing Fox at 4 o'clock, number 14, OK State at Kansas State. Should be an interesting game there. Okay Continuing State, ACC Kansas Network, State. Pitt, Florida State. ESPN at 7, number 7, Texas A&M at South Carolina. FS1 at 7, Baylor at number 17, Iowa State. Baylor. Number 3, Ohio State hosts Rutgers at 7.30 on the Big Ten Network. ABC at 7.30, Stanford at number 12, Oregon. I'll or- take Oregon. Oregon at minus 11. SEC Network at 7.30, Tennessee and Arkansas. ACC Network at 8, Louisville, Virginia. FS1 at 10.30, a.k.a. Pac-12 after dark. Washington State, Oregon State. And then ESPN at 10.30, Washington and Cal. Oh, Pac-12's back. Pac-12 stinks, though, right? No one's making the playoff from that conference. Maybe Oregon if some things break for them. I don't think so. I don't think so. And then, of course, Purdue and Wisconsin were canceled this week due but, to Wisconsin's COVID-19. Wait, it was canceled again? They got canceled? Yes. Oh, Wisconsin's done. What are they doing? Uh, so they're going to play four games this year? Or yeah, well, five of them with their... Or, thank God that you can get another year of eligibility because... If that's you, not fair. 21 days. Never mind. I'm not even going to say it. 21 days is It is not fair. Time. I mean, the ACC requires you to isolate for 10. That's more realistic. I'm not... I'm sorry. You're going to tell me... I mean, I understand COVID-19 is a very serious yeah, but virus. 21 days But you're telling me reckless. that I need to isolate for 21 days. Sorry. We need to talk more about mental sanity or yeah, as much awful. about mental sanity as we talk about physical health. Okay? I see, Sorry. Yeah, I see 14. Okay, I get that at least. But like... 14's okay. It's 21. I'm not, I'm not Robert, like, whatever his name is, the director from the CDC. But anyway, I shouldn't be talking about this. All yeah. right. Moving on. Um, so... I, I wanted to I wanted to predict them to win on Sunday, but I just couldn't get myself to do it. Oh! Because I, I would have looked like an absolute fool, even though I was convinced they were going to win. And that was the and, and and the Cincinnati Bengals, who that was a game that they needed to win. Oh, they, I mean, it it was it definitely makes it feel like things are trending in the right direction. Right? I mean, eh. I mean that was a, that was a needed win, but I wasn't expect. I'm not going to say like. 
wow, I had to win that because I wasn't expecting it. Like, I wasn't expecting that to be a win. But, I mean, it makes you feel a little bit better, I guess. It just, it makes you feel uh, like, okay, they beat an actual good team. And now I, but unfortunately, now with the talks of expanded playoff, I have to hear people talking to me about how the Bengals might be a playoff team now. And I just want to. I just want to just take beer, multiple beers to the face after hearing that. But well, um, I can somewhat believe it. I mean, their offense is. I just think they're dead. Like in terms of like playoffs, yeah. I mean, they're dead. But I don't. I don't like the expanded playoffs as it is, and I don't like expanding to sixteen I don't teams. Either. I didn't like how they, how baseball expanded it, even though the Reds got in. I was fine with it for this year, but now nah, the end. How how are you gonna just change it up mid season? But yep, we're just gonna change. I get it's twenty twenty, but still, how are, you're just gonna change the rules? So mid-season? that means the Jets have a better chance of making the playoffs too, right? Yeah, well, not really. That it means goes that, from zero to point one, I think. Probably right. I don't know, but you're right, Zach. You feel I do feel like trends are. I feel like things are trending in the right direction. Think about Zach Taylor, what he's trying to build with. Two things he mentioned at his, at his introductory press conference back in February of 2019. Culture and communication. I knew you were going to say culture. Listen, you yeah. can't. we can't talk about culture if this team is not winning. Right. But now you see, okay, they trade. And this is the same week that they traded away Carlos Dunlap, who was a cancer to the culture. Cancer. And you bring in Quentin Spain, and he has to learn the terminology in the game. And, the, and he did. I credit Quinn Spain. Like, that was a... That, that's a gold... He gets a gold star for that. Because he was a... Like, Jerry Morrison asked Gio Bernard, like, do you think you'd be able to pick him out of a crowd if you saw him walking down the street, you know? And, it, and it's like... I mean, the guy was not on the team three days before, right? It's like... Yeah. Crazy. By the way, the offensive line was fantastic on Sunday. It was good. No sacks allowed. 100-plus yards rushing. Gio Bernard, which... I mean, last year you could have made a case that you could have asked you could have asked why the Bengals gave him an extension. There's a reason. He is a he is still a very valuable player of this team. AJ Green didn't have his best game. All right, T Higgins, who that man just keeps getting better and better every he's week. Really good. I mean, he's a really great good. draft pick. I mean, that's it's, a, it's, a, it's. I mean, he's off to a great start. Tyler Boyd, obviously, really good job there. Yeah, um, nice game. It was a solid performance all the way around. I mean, they just. I mean, they kind of just, they controlled that thing. and Well, they played Ben Dome break defense because, right. listen, the Tennessee Titans are, is a, is, they are one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, okay, you hold them to 441 yards. But, but most of those yards came in the fourth quarter right. where they had to unleash their quick strike offense, which was, what, 25-yard out routes? And yeah, Derrick Henry had 112 yards. But if you give up that many yards to the best running back in the NFL, who's had numerous 100-yard rushing games, and he's had six 150-yard games since week 14 to 2018, this guy is the best running back in the NFL, and you hold him to 112 yards rushing. That's still pretty good for him, but for a defense that has had historically bad performances, giving up running against the run, you do have to give Lou Anarumo and the defense some credit. And the pass rush, they only had one sack. But I saw Carl Lawson get in the backfield yeah. several times. And then Logan Wilson with the third down sack. Huge defensive play in the third quarter. 
This def the Titans got yards, but when the Bengals' defense needed to make some plays, they did. Jesse Bates' interception. Yeah. You hold the Titans to a 53-yard field goal attempt. Their special teams, by the way, stinks. Tennessee's? Oh, their, their special teams are awful. Yeah. Kotzkowski misses the field goal. And then it's taking advantage, Zach, of those opportunities. We talk about complimentary football, Luke Fickle does with the Bearcats. How about the Bengals? You know, you missed field goal, Bengals go down, score a touchdown. You talk about, you know, Logan Wilson's sack. What happens on the next possession? Go down, score a touchdown. By the way, that throw to Boyd where his back was turned to Joe how Burrow. Did, how did, how did, first of all, <laughs> how did Joe Burrow know to throw that ball in that spot? Because he's Joe Burrow. And then how did Boyd turn around the reaction time like he was like what blocking and then it just like it didn't even seem possible he would have been able to catch that ball. I don't know how that happened. It, that was a ridiculous. It's incredible. It was uh, an incredible throw. It was it was a fun game to be at. Listen, hey, you were there. Listen, Justin Justin Cashman and our staff are, and our host of the of our Bengals show. So he asked me, he asked me a question yesterday. He goes, "What's the best Bengals game you've been to?" Seattle. I wasn't at that game. Oh. This was that was before I had season tickets. And I've been to 40 Bengals games in my lifetime. What was the most fun? My honor, and this one might be up there. Really? Be, no, listen, because you're playing a really good team. You felt a sense of urgency. And I listen, it's so much fun watching Joe Burrow play. Mm-hmm. Like, he's made being a Bengals fan fun again. Here's the thing, and I'm gonna I might write a blog about this. Do it, Alex. Here, I'm going to make a point here, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm still formulating this point here, but I was thinking about this yesterday. Remember when Carson Palmer first was first starting out here as quarterback, and how much fun it was being a Bengals fan because you had Palmer, Chad, Hoosh, Rudy Johnson, and then a defense that was very opportunistic, and you know, it, just, it, it felt it felt like being a Bengals fan was cool again. Oh yeah. Okay. It was great. The thing about Andy Dalton was he was kind of. How do I say it? Blandy. Yes. And the era was never fully embraced because of the fallout from the Carson Palmer, Mike Brown situation. And because Marvin Lewis was brought back on a three-year extension. And it felt like, you know, as for as entertaining as the Bengals offense was, we never were able to fully embrace that era with Andy Dalton. But this is a complete fresh start. With Joe Burrow. It really is. And he makes being a Bengals fan so fun. Because, listen, the Bengals are 2-5-1. and one. That's not a good record, right? No. But they're, but the last three games, yes, they're 1-2, and two, but hasn't it been fun to watch them sling the ball around? Burrow's played phenomenally, despite everything. Despite a bad O-line, despite a defense that hasn't helped. I mean... Burroughs put them in a position to win the majority of these games, right? I mean, <laughs> the, the Browns game at home, the, I mean, the Colts game, they got up 21 nothing, And they, you know, even like, I don't know, like the, the, the Eagles game was a game that like should have been won. Oh, um, sure, well. It's just like the, Burrow is far exceeded. I mean, I thought he would come in here and he'd be good, uh, but not, not like this. I mean, he's, and what they've asked him to do, um, and you're right. I think Dalton, I like Andy, but he was limited. I mean, he was never going to be able to carry a team. And it feels like at times like Joe Burrow kind of can carry the load a little bit and make throws that like Dalton can't make. The one throw to Higgins on the sideline was like, 
ridiculous. That was that was an unfair play. That was almost like you kind of feel bad because that one was like, how in the hell did that was? And T. Higgins made a great play, but I don't know how that was made. Sports Center top ten. It was ridiculous. Not only that, Zach, but the fourth down play. Right. Being able to buy six seconds and find T. Higgins over the middle. Right. There are throws that Joe Burrow makes that are ballsy. And this isn't like the. You know, and there's still mistakes. I mean, there's mistakes that he makes, but he's a rookie. And I feel like you lose track, like, okay, not only has he been asked to do a lot, throw the ball a lot, you know, throw the ball more than anybody in the, in the league, but he's a rookie who is coming off of no preseason, limited training camps. I mean, just not getting a normal rookie season and he has come in and played uh, very well, like very well. Um, you can't even like what do I nit? Like, the only things you nitpick at, like I don't, I think the only things you could possibly nitpick at were, I mean, there's a, obviously a couple decision making. You know, there's there have been a couple bad interceptions, but that's going to happen with a rookie. And how many interceptions do you have this year? I think like five, five or six. No, you had uh, four straight. You had four straight games with an INT. But so that's so fine. Five, five interceptions. How many touchdown passes does he have? He has at least like 11. He's 11. 11. 11 to 5. Pretty to, good. For your first eight games. So you're on pace for 22 and 10. Pretty good. I mean, look. And I think he'll exceed the, the 22. He's, he's uh, no, he's great. He's um, He's been a breath of fresh air. It's it's great yeah. to see Joe Burrow. And, 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 you know, like a quick, you know, Mo Egger said, has talked about, um, you know, Carson's first year, he just wanted to know, like, that Carson was the guy. You know, and um, after his first year, the numbers weren't great, but he felt like, all right, Carson Palmer is the guy. But there is, I mean, there's no, we're, we're just halfway through the season, and we know, like, all right, this is your quarter. I mean, this is your franchise quarterback. I don't know how often that's happened. I mean, it's happened in other cases. I, but I think it's Patrick Mahomes. It's rare. Like a lot of teams don't know what they have yet through eight games, right? Do we know like Darnold? What's Sam Darnold? Do we really know? No. Danny Dimes. What's no. Danny Dimes? Is he bad? Nah. I don't know. Is he great? Mm, I don't think so. What about like? I mean, Kyler Murray's really good. I think it's fair to say. I like, think Ky- Kyler's franchise. He's a franchise quarterback. But what about a guy like Dwayne Haskins? No. I don't think he is. I, but again, it might be too early. Baker Mayfield. Probably not. I think we know Baker is like, he's okay, but I think he's limited. I think there's just so many, there, there are limitations of Baker. I don't think Baker's Josh Allen. Bad. Josh Allen, again though, Josh Allen took time. Like we didn't know, like Josh Allen struggled his first year a little bit, right? He was a guy that was inaccurate. He didn't have any weapons. He could around. run, but exactly, but like, even right now, like eight games into his career, I think most people agree. Are like I was out. Uh, eight games into a guy's career as a quarterback, everyone's like, "This is the guy." Like this guy is a franchise quarterback, absolutely no doubt about it. Like this is our guy, and you don't have that opportunity. Like you don't. It's hard to say that that many times. Like Mahomes. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar. Lamar's first year was good, right? I mean, he was he they was eased solid. Him along. Yeah, they eased him along. But like, what? Like Herbert. Dude, like Herbert has been great. Um, but like a guy like Drew Locke. That's like, do you think yeah. Drew Locke's a franchise guy? Probably. Well, I, not. I can't defend. I can't definitively say yes exactly. or no. I think we can definitively say yes with Joe Burrow right oh, now. Oh, totally. 
That's what that's what and I'm here's saying. The thing that's too. what's so great about this. Can we can we also can we also acknowledge that the receiving core is very good this year? It has been, and AJ Green's been the fourth best one, you know, or third that's best pretty one. Good. Yeah, Auden, Auden Tate's come in and played well. He had a great game on Sunday. Oh my gosh, some of the plays he made, Zach, the back shoulder catch yep. to end the game, and then one of the most critical plays of the game was that third down and nine conversion where he reaches the ball out to pick up the first down, yeah. keep that drive going. Auden Bengals got touchdown. Auden's been great. Them. And uh, not only not only are you seeing that, but you're also seeing the Bengals, they're not settling for field goals. They only have three field goals in their last three games. They had two against the Colts, one against the Ravens, three against Jacksonville, three against Philly, three against Cleveland. So you're seeing that they're yeah. that they're starting to punch the ball into the end zone. Like tangible progress is being made here. Now the thing is, if the Bengals continue to win some games, if they get to let's say six or seven wins, which I don't think is that I don't think it's I don't think it's not doable. You know Mike Brown's going to keep Zach Taylor. But yeah. the problem is you have to decide, is Zach Taylor, as Mo Egger says, that's a great question Mo Egger asked recently, is, it a, is he a championship-level head coach? No. I don't, well, I don't, I don't think so. But he's getting better, you think? I think his play calling has been solid the last couple mm-hmm. of games. He's been he, better since the P-Ron. He, oh. he has been solid these last two games, I would say. Zach Taylor, I can't. As hard as I've been on Zach Taylor, I can't fault him much the last two games. I think uh, he's done a good job. And I think assuming they don't collapse down the stretch, assuming they play pretty well, there's there's winnable games there. Washington, the Giants, who are just pretty bad. Dallas like, and Houston. Dallas, who, I mean, they're starting Cooper Rush. Uh, I mean, there's four winnable games right there. So then you get to six. So, and then maybe you steal a win in Miami. We're going to talk ourselves into like this team being like a Super Bowl contender next year. Right? No. <laughs> well, th- I think they're a playoff contender. I think I don't think too. they're a division title contender yet because I, I think the Steelers, the Steelers are by far and away the best team in the division. And to be fair, I think next year you almost have to be a playoff contender, right? Because you can't, I know, hear me out. This window right now when you have Joe Burrow in this, under this contract, this rookie deal, is vital. Like this is huge, right? Because then you you have to pay, you have to start paying him, or you know these next like th- what three four years are huge. I mean, because you want like this is a big window with Joe Burrow under that rookie deal. Yeah, it's, and, it's a and big deal. That's you how it was. With, that's how it was team. with Andy because we right. paid him, but we couldn't pay the other players, and that's the problem when you pay a mediocre quarterback. Now Burrow will be a little different. Yeah. Because he's he's a great quarterback. Because he's a guy that can I think, I think he can. There ele- are, I think he can elevate you. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, how many did you saw Billy Bryce at a bad snap and he still picked it up and threw it away? I mean, he's a good dude. Joe Burrow is like, I mean, Andy was probably an average athlete, maybe below average. Joe Burrow is a legit athlete. Like this guy's an athlete. Like he's a pretty. Yeah. Pretty mobile. Like this is a guy. You saw that he's he's dead in the water at times, and he just like. How about that seven yard run he had? Forty two sacks on Sunday. Yeah, I, I love Joe Burrow. I, I couldn't even be. I, I don't even know if I can say more glowing remarks about Joe because I just I, I love the kid. And yet I have Browns fans on Twitter telling me that they would take Baker Mayfield for the next oh. ten to fifteen years over him, and and this is oh, only yeah, because okay. this is only because they lose to Las Vegas at home the same day we beat the five and one Tennessee Titans. Like, excuse me, you're going to tell me, like, is Joe Burrow better than Baker Mayfield? Yes. Yes. Is he better than Lamar? That's debatable. I don't know. I think They're hard to compare. I think I'd be disrespectful if I said he's better than Big Ben because Big Ben's been in the league since 2004. Yeah, I I can't say. 
I don't know if I'm ready to say he's better than Big Ben. I, I just don't know. It's hard. But Ben Roethlisberger is not what he used to be. Right. I, it's just hard to say that. I mean, Big Ben's had a hell of a career. I mean, who would obviously you'd rather have Joe Burrow going forward? But you know, they're both. They're. Bo- I mean, Big Ben is. I think it's kind of hard to determine his value. He's he's not as good as he once was, but still, I mean, he's a guy that can I think lead Pittsburgh deep into a playoff run. So I can't really hate on on Big Ben as a guy who like say like oh he's just not that good. I, I'm not going to say that, but. Uh, no, Alex, we, we, we have our guy, and oh, that's yeah. the important part. We totally do. And um, so we're 12 days away. 12 days. From the game at Pittsburgh. This, okay. They're probably going to be a no. Yeah. I don't think – you can go in there with house money. Just don't get blown out. I think it'd be – I think it'll be an interesting game. I think – I think it will – I don't think it's going to go as poorly as the Baltimore game, which, God, you hope it doesn't. But I think Joe Burrow's learned. From I think that it'll game. still be tough. It's going to be a tough task. Pittsburgh is really tough defensively. Is it possible they go into Pittsburgh and win? No. Uh, <laughs> but I think they could be competitive for a while. I just think Pittsburgh, I mean, they're just better. I mean, they're good. They're really good. So It'll be a challenge. But you're coming off a bye. You have some momentum, mm-hmm. and it'll be just interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Joe Burrow's first game against the uh, the Steelers. Uh, real quick, schedule for Week Nine coming up this week in the NFL Thursday Night Football: Green Bay at San Francisco. I'm going to take the Niners as my upset in that game. I okay. just think Green Bay does not play well with teams who are very physical. Uh, continuing, Seahawks and Bills, one o'clock on Fox. That'll be a really good game. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be a great game. Beat Bills have just been a little bit shaky lately. I'm going to take Seattle. I think I would, too. Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind right now. He is. He's, I mean, he's the MVP. Yeah. I don't think it's close. Totally. CBS on uh, at 1 o'clock, the Ravens at the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts in that game. Uh, I'm back on the Colts. They, they look good on Sunday. I'll take Baltimore. That's a tough game, though. They're overrated. Um, continuing, uh, the Bears at the Titans, 1 o'clock on Bears Fox. Stink. I'll take Tennessee in that game. I, I actually think both the, I, that's going to be a messy game. I guess I'll take Tennessee. Continuing, um, Dolphins, Cardinals, 425, CBS. I'll take Arizona in that game. I'll take Arizona, I think. Good so, win for the Dolphins yeah. there last week. Steelers, Cowboys, nah, LOL. I'll take the Steelers by a lot. All right, Saints, Buccaneers, Sunday Night Football on NBC. I'll take Tampa Bay. I think I, I, I think I have to take Tampa Bay. I can't take the Saints just because I don't. I, I don't trust the Saints to per se exactly. How have they won four in a row? I mean, the Chargers, they just give every game away, so that was one that they, you know, was a gift to them. Um, yeah, I, I just I think Tampa's played, last night was a little rough, but um, Tampa's playing good ball right now. I think Brady, I think we're kind of, I don't know, man. Brady's played pretty well this he year. He has. You can't and really, AB comes. I mean, he's 50. So, like, you yeah. got to take that into consideration, too. AB makes his debut. Antonio Brown makes his debut Sunday night with the Buccaneers. And then Monday Night Football, good Lord, have mercy. I'm not going to watch that game. I'll be at dinner with my aunt on Monday night. That's going to be fun. I'm focused more on that. And she's like, well, you can watch Monday Night Football. I did not tell her that the game is going to be terrible. Jets might win one. Huh? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it, it's the Patriots and the Jets. Good God. The two teams are combined 2-13. and 13. And on that note, that's going to do it for today's show. Zach, final thoughts. We've got about 30 seconds. 
Just, I think UC, big game, excited. I would, I told Alex I would pay $200 for good UC basketball leads right now. Uh, I'd, I'd pay anybody. Look, if you got leads out there, 200 yeah. bucks, I'll pay it. And then we'll go from there. Like, I need a basketball schedule. So just hit me up. And on that note, that does it for today's edition of Sports Anyway You Want It. He's Zach Freeze. I'm Alex Frank. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Love you guys.